Hello and welcome to TV Watch, a podcast from Digital TV Europe looking at the biggest news and trends in the worlds of broadcasting, streaming and everything else to do with the TV industry in Europe and further afield. I'm Jonathan Easton, Deputy Editor of Digital TV Europe and on today's show I speak with Olivier Jolette, EVP General Manager at Pluto TV International and Head of Mobile at Paramount. At the time of this podcast release, June 22nd, Paramount has just launched its premium SVOD service, Paramount Plus, into the wilds of the UK and Ireland. While that is certainly the highest profile streaming offering of Paramount's direct-to-consumer arsenal, it's not the only trick up its sleeve. Since acquiring the free ad-supporting streaming television, or FAST, service for $340 million in early 2019... Pluto TV has grown from around 12 million monthly active users to more than 68 million who have streamed over 4.8 billion total viewing hours across 30 countries and territories. Last month, Pluto launched across the Nordics and has since announced a partnership with Chorus to launch in Canada later this year. Joining me now to talk about the growth of the platform and its business model is Olivier Jolet, EVP and International General Manager, Pluto TV. For the handful of listeners who don't know who you are, please, can you introduce yourself and uh, Pluto TV? Sure. I'm Olivier Jolet. Uh, Nice to be with you, Jonathan, today. I'm uh, the Executive Vice President and International General Manager of Pluto TV, Paramount Company. Been with the company for six years now, so before the acquisition by uh, Paramount formerly known as uh, as Viacom CBS. And Pluto TV is the uh, the leading fast service, free ad-supported streaming television service globally, uh, with more than 68 million monthly active users globally, with thousands of uh, fast channels live across uh, more than 30 countries, and uh, and uh, and also a company which is now generated more than one billion in ad revenues, um, quoting the the figures from 2021. I think that'll uh, that'll give people an idea of the kind of scale of Pluto, but it's obviously grown so much since that acquisition, and you've been there throughout it all. It wasn't even Viacom CBS that acquired um, Pluto? It was before the merger of Viacom and CBS, so it's. Um, back in beginning of 2019, wasn't it? How has the platform, how has you know, Pluto as a brand expanded and grown since then? Well, I think the, the vision that we had uh, since day one and uh, since the company has been founded by Tom Ryan uh, didn't change. You know, we we build the, uh, the company on, on free contrarian principle, free in the edge of subscription, linear in the edge of on-demand and ad supported at the time where almost all uh, services were going at free. Um, and I think this is still like the, the core DNA of our product, really bringing a lean back experience into a, a streaming world, in a, into a more on-demand driven streaming market. And I think this uh, really trying to, to solve the products of, of choice by offering well-curated channels. And I think this vision is there and I've been there for now eight years. And uh, even if probably at the beginning, no one believed that there was a uh, a future in a in a linear experience in uh, in the streaming market. Probably the the success of of Pluto TV and also of the fast market um, uh, proved that there uh, um, that there was uh, the the vision was right. But 
clearly the acquisition by Viacom, uh, Viacom CBS slash Paramount now has been a, a game changer for us at a lot of levels. The first thing is obviously the the access to this amazing content. Um, probably we're sitting on a, one of the uh, richest uh, library in the world from and, and, and obviously iconic brands such as the Paramount Studios, MTV, Nick, Code Media Central, uh, CBS, Showtime. So all uh, uh, branch which which are household name and 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 famous uh, for their uh, uh, for producing uh, uh, premium entertainment for for decades, and we launched a lot of uh, channels with uh, with that uh, content uh, since the acquisition, and that across all countries. It's also helped us to speed up the international uh, rollout. Obviously, you know, uh, being part of a of a of a global company with offices and uh, around the world help us to uh, to quicker go in 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 new markets. That's been really a, a transformative uh, acquisition, which help us to uh, to go to uh, where we are now. We were at 12 million monthly active users in 2019 when we were acquired. We're now at 68 in, within three years. I think it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty impressive growth, I would say. How much autonomy would you say that you guys have versus there being an overall streaming vision at Paramount? Well, I think I, I would say two things. The first thing is um, Pluto TV is uh, is not like a, it's called the Paramount D2C platform where you only have the Paramount content. We are uh, partnering with more than 400 different licensing partners across the world uh with the big studios producers distributors aggregators and 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 obviously we're really proud of a lot of those partnerships including uh the bbc studios media want nance any network and and so on to quote just a few of them and and i think that's that's i think something which is important so you need to keep that autonomy because we want pluto to be an open platform a kind of marketplace for all the studios and and that's really uh, this leadership that we've been establishing help us to Really monetize well the, the content from from the studios and 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 build a new uh, line of business for uh, for a lot of those uh, uh, right holders. At the same time, um, we are building an ecosystem within uh, uh, Paramount, and this e- ecosystem combines obviously different aspects. The linear, um, the network uh, that we have with linear TV, obviously across pain free. And we are uh, in the UK, uh, uh, obviously uh, operating Channel 5, MTV, Nickelodeon, uh, and across the world, we have uh, a lot of free to air channels, which are a great way also to uh, fuel either the content pipeline of Pluto TV or to use that as a promotional uh, platform as well. We have obviously our uh, studio capabilities, uh, which is known. Uh, if you f- just think about the Paramount Studios, the last five movies we released were all number one top uh, top box office, Top Gun, uh, Sonic, uh, Lost City, Scream, uh, uh, Jackass Forever. So. Uh, you see like that that is obviously a powerful tool and uh, also all the new originals that we brought, Allo and so on. And we have Paramount Plus, our new uh, uh, streaming product, which is uh, uh, our paid streaming product, the home of, of Showtime, the home of the Paramount movies, the home of uh, really our top premium content. And we have Pluto TV, which is free at supported. Um, and I think that is really the strength of our company is to 
not see like everything as a as a standalone and a silo, but really think how can we combine all those assets together and building an ecosystem which is reaching different audiences, providing as well different way of consuming the content. Uh, fast is different than on demand. Ad supported is diff is reaching a different audience than the paid services. Traditional TV is tends to be a bit older than the streaming market. So the combination of all of that make us um, make our proposition super strong. You also mentioned there about the partnership with uh, Nent Group, uh, kind of rebranding as as Viaplay or uh, now for your launch in the Nordics, which is kind of the reason why we're talking here today. What's been the initial you know, response in the month or so since the rollout there? Yeah, we launched, uh, we launched uh, almost like a month ago now, so it's really early stage. But I think the, uh, you know, we, when we started the talking with Nant and now Viaplay Group, we had discussion on how we could partner together and whether we should, in a way, compete against each other for building a free streaming destination. Nant had this platform called Viafree, which was more the BVOD platform, where you had like all the catch-up from the linear channels and a bit more extended uh, free streaming offering on demand. And we wanted to launch the Nordics with our fast offering, which is also offering an on-demand service. And we took the decision to join forces and really being built one destination for free streaming in the Nordics, combining fast AVOD and BVOD into one platform. And the resource is outstanding. Uh, we, we see like obviously a way broader audience than if we would have launched uh, each platform standalone. We're able to reach a broader target group. We're able to bring uh, fresh content directly coming from TV, which shows like MasterChef in Denmark or a Paradise uh, in, uh, in Norway, which are just coming a few hours after uh, TV. Um, and I think that's, that is what is exciting is that we are creating a new, um, a new approach for the market, really bringing the strength of our, the international power, content power was from, from Paramount and our international relationship with those 400 partners. We bring a best in class platform where we've been investing over the last years, millions and millions to make both our product, our user experience and our ad product as well, because we ad supported really strong and state of the art. And we all know that it's very expensive to build a competitive platform. And obviously we get the best of the local content from Nantes and this mix of international global content and local content make a strong offering for the end users. And it's also a strong offering for the advertisers because we have a very wide range of content, a wider audience, and Nand is representing us from a net sales point of view. So it's a really a win-win partnership where both uh, companies get scales and a bigger audience. Well, that relationship with Nand, the kind of thing that you'd like to emulate more in uh, markets when you expand internationally further? Correct. I mean, we believe that this concept is applicable in a lot of markets. We just announced uh, a few weeks ago a transformative and strategic partnership with Chorus in Canada, which is a kind of similar partnership where Chorus is one of the biggest broadcasters in Canada, also sitting on an amazing library of local content, being one of the biggest ad sales representative in the market and we are doing like a similar partnership where Pluto TV will be the exclusive home of uh, of the fast uh, activity for, for Chorus 
and they will be representing us from a net sales point of view. And I really see like, um, you know, I, I believe in the power of partnership personally. I think we are in a very competitive landscape and, you know, having the ability to build one destination instead of building 10, 20 different destinations is great for the end users, but it's so great for advertisers, which are also looking for platform with scales to balance a little bit their mix versus Meta or Google. One unique aspect of Pluto is the fact this is very much in the advertising and branding of Pluto is that you don't log in. You've got no, you, you just download the app or navigate to it on your smart TV and you're there. How does that work with advertisers? And do they feel like, you know, we, we want to have more information over the users or do you manage to provide them with the information that they need without having that login without having that core you know sign in i think the the first thing is you know when i talk a little bit about the vision of pluto at the beginning and you know we wanted to create an experience which is as simple as tv and we didn't see why streaming tv should be more complicated and when you think back a little bit 20 years ago, when you have like traditional TV, where switch on, it was like switch on TV, you sit on the couch and you watch TV and you can zap. And we really wanted to reproduce this experience with download and watch. And that's the reason why we didn't want to put any barriers in front of the end users before watching content. Now, obviously, in a digital world, we need data. We need to uh, use data for uh, understanding and improving our programming, but also for advertising purposes. Um, and we have uh, we don't have a, a mandatory logging. We are planning to have a registration, which always going to be optional. But there's different ways of targeting for advertisers. Um, the first thing is that you know the strategy of Pluto TV is to bring very thematic channels to create channels for dedicated audiences, which are very well identified. I can give an example of one great channel. I'm really proud of the, the team and, and what we did is we launched in France recently a, a channel for the LGBTQ community uh, in partnership with Statue, which is the uh, one of the most iconic brands in the LGBTQ community. Uh, magazine which have been there for 25 years now and and i think we combine and we combine that in creating tattoo tv a brand new channels and it is showing like the power of pluto tv creating a dedicated channels a 24 7 channels for a specific audience and that is the, the the power of pluto you can like buy audiences based on data but you can also buy audiences based on the channel itself and and i think that's you know the, the lgbtq community is a very well defined audience we have anime channels, which is also a very well-defined audience. So we are able to really combine a lot of different targeting opportunities for advertisers, some of them very contextual, some of them being more behavioral. And, and that's, um, that's, that's really what, uh, what advertisers love. I mean, we currently sold out in a lot of our territories, especially on the big screen inventory, which is really where we are focusing on. It's, it's interesting just kind of broadly looking at the the shifting nature of the advertising landscape, how the traditional TV world, you're obviously trying to target certain audiences, but you're doing so by buying against specific programming, whereas it's completely different in the fast space, isn't it? What is interesting when you think about the advertising landscape is, you know, when all the SVOD services, Netflix and so on arrive on the market and then started to be extremely successful, 
then you had a shift of the audience from TV to more these SVOD uh, services, especially the younger audience, which are now becoming hard to reach for advertisers. And this uh, market was not really replaced. So it created more or less a gap in the advertising industry. And I think the fast offering are compensating that gap because we are clearly focusing on big screen inventory. We see most of usage on the connected TV, on Fire TV, Roku, and so on. So really all the devices, game console, which are connected to the, to the big screen. So we're reaching actually the audience in the living room. The way we are delivering ads, it's full screen, non-skippable, surrounded by premium content. So in a way, you have the impact of TV with the uh, capability of digital, whether it's targeting or, or measurement. So it makes like a way better inventory. We see an incredible ad view fill rate, which is at 96%. So the people are not going away when advertising is coming. They are tolerating ads. And I think it's, uh, it's a good thing for advertisers. And what we've been seeing, the trend we've been seeing is that the the beauty of what we call the CTV inventory is that on the one end, we are able to reach the TV advertisers, the big FMCGs, which are slowly shifting TV budget to more digital and more measurable inventory. But at the same time, we also give the opportunity for smaller advertisers, which used to do maybe more radio or print or a small digital or regional campaign, we give them the ability to go on TV for the first time because you can buy a, a small campaign, which is not really feasible on traditional TV. One interesting aspect as well with Pluto is is the fact that uh, when you're watching, you're presented more or less with a linear viewing experience, you know, with ad breaks in certain places. So if you come in at the end of an ad break, we well, don't have to watch another ad break for 10, 15 minutes. How important do you think that is from the from the viewer perspective? I mean, you know, when we talk about the easiness of the ease of use of the product, the user experience, one thing is the watching experience and the ad experience is part of the watching experience. So we're trying to make the ad really enjoyable for the users. We, we took the decision not to have any pre-roll, for example, on the platform. So uh, what you were referring to, you know, when you're zapping between the channels, we could have put some pre-roll even when you go on the on-demand section it's pretty common to have pre-roll, but we wanted the users to first watch content. And I think that is paying off because we see like a, a tremendous usage on the platform from the first session to when they come back. So we have really long session duration, which speaks for the stickiness of the product, but also for the acceptance of this ad supported model. I think that in maybe in years past, no, maybe not. 10 years ago, but there was kind of a perception that ad-supported free services were less premium than the likes of Netflix. Do you think that people are coming around to the idea that actually I can get just as much of a premium experience from a platform which I don't have to pay for? Well, I think that's, uh, that's the wrong perception indeed. Uh, and I know that i mean uh, at the midcom uh, for years now trying to buy content and each time you were saying fast or avo was like oh i got the content from the 60s or uh, 70s for you and i think it's not true i think we what, what we are building is a is a top premium offering as an example we premiere the new star trek discovery season four on pluto tv we just add in the uh in Germany, like uh, we have brand new free TV premiere with uh, The Good Wife, The Good Fight, Pretty Reason Why coming directly from Netflix to Pluto TV, for example. So we are actually, and, and obviously without forgetting 
all the amazing content we have from our own brand deal with Sony and 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 where we're going to have also really great uh, content married with children, the nanny in the UK, the Jefferson in Italy, who's the boss in, in Germany. Uh, some of them are classic series. I think the the, 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 the definition of premium content also doesn't mean fresh content. That's also sometimes the wrong perception. If you program a big blockbuster on TV, it's going to make the biggest rating on this day. And it's the same on Pluto TV when we have, you know, great blockbusters, it performs extremely well. And, and that's also the reason why we are considering Pluto TV as a premium destination. And that's also what the advertisers are evaluating. It's a brain safe and premium environment where big TV ads have a strong place. And, and, and also are really at a time where the brain safety is so important. It's important for us knowing that the business model is that supported to to really um, really focus on, on premium content. Looking ahead, you know, we've got the Canada rollout coming up and other expansions on the horizon. What ultimately is the the goal for Pluto? What do you want to achieve with Pluto? Because it's already, am I right in saying the world's largest fast platform? Yeah, I think that's that's right. I think we, I still believe we're at the beginning of the story. When I see like how quick the market is developing and, uh, and you know, if you are like fast forward a little bit to the future, uh, you know, we, you always had like a, a free TV and pay TV market. What is currently happening is that there, there is a paid stream market and there's a free streaming market. So you, you, you see it's more for me a shift in the conception at a time where, uh, more and more people are shifting to streaming and to digital, which doesn't mean that TV will disappear. I think TV has still a, a fantastic potential as well. But I see like, obviously, that the potential is massive. We are already in most of the countries at around 100 channels. There's a lot of channels that we still want to launch, reach new audiences. We want to bring more entertainment to our users. And, and also, you know, thinking about scaling this business with partnership like we did in the Nordics or in, in Canada. So for me, it's the beginning of the story. We are willing to not only be like the, the leading fast, we want to be the leading destination for free streaming. Our company mission is to entertain the planet. The planet is big and they are also beside being the leaders in all the markets and really building this strong free streaming destination in the market we live. We still have a lot of markets where we're not live, some continents where we're not live, thinking about Asia, Africa, where you see also like really a, a, a boom of streaming conception. I think those also are markets where we're keen to explore at a point of time. Right now, the, the world, particularly in the UK, is facing the cost of living crisis. Do you think that that is going to accelerate the growth of not just Pluto, but fast broadly as, as consumers look to be slightly more frugal with their entertainment options? Well, I think that's a fair point. And we've been seeing that during the pandemic, where also people are like financial constraints, some of them losing the job or being uh, and not able to work. So we've been seeing a huge increase in this time, for example, of conception and of new users. I think clearly being free and being able to uh, offer quality program to users is uh, a great answer when you have an economic crisis. I think all the studies are showing that people are not ready to pay 
six to ten subscription. It will. Uh, it's also something which is known, and I think Pluto is the perfect complementary product to some existing paid streaming service. And I think that that's really um, uh, clearly a good answer for in in a time of economic crisis to uh, go on a free streaming service. You will have to watch a couple of ads in exchange of having a free uh, a product completely free. So that's the show. Thank you very much to Paramount Olivia Jolette and to you for listening. TV Watch is written, produced and mixed by me, Jonathan Easton, and Digital TV Europe's editor is Stuart Thompson. You can find me on Twitter at EastJohnEast or get in touch with me via email at jonathan.easton at informer.com. You can follow Digital TV Europe at Digital TV Europe on Twitter and at digitaltveurope.com where you can sign up for our daily newsletter that will keep you up to speed on all the latest goings on in the industry. And if you're new to the show and would like to be informed when the latest episodes are released, you can subscribe to TV Watch on your preferred podcast platform of choice, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts or whatever. Thanks again for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs>